Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hock from Rightsource here again. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about NDIS, or more so um, the National Disability Insurance Scheme and what that means for not-for-profits. Now, I do, and Rightsource does a lot of work with not-for-profits and in this space, and recently we've been coming across uh, a few challenges that not-for-profits are having, so I sort of want to talk through... Um, this aspect, and it's going to be over a series of videos, so we're going to do this over four weeks, um, in terms of the challenges that the NDIS presents to not-for-profits, and some of these challenges we're just starting to experience now, even though the NDIS seems to have been in for a while now. I think what we're starting to see is uh, not-for-profits starting to mature as a business under the NDIS and understand what they actually need to do do in terms of business processes for NDIS. So one of the things, um, and I just, I suppose I wanted to share some of my thoughts on this um, and effectively if there's anyone out there who needs some help, happy to help and provide some further information around this if you find it useful. For those businesses who are working or planning to work under the NDIS framework, um, there's a few things that need to happen to to evolve your business to be able to do that. Now, and it is a business, it's not for profit, but it's still a business. Now, I've got a Venn diagram that I've done up which sort of captures my thoughts in terms of the areas you need to look at, and most businesses would be familiar with most of these. Um, the first one, which obviously by contemplating working under NDIS is the, is the strategy that you're gonna in, engage in under NDIS. So what services are you gonna provide? How are you gonna provide them? where you're going to provide them, that whole business plan, that strategy of your business. The second thing is your operational delivery. So with this strategy, how are you going to then deliver it? Now, for a lot of not-for-profits that were previously delivering these services pre-NDIS and now evolving to doing it under NDIS, these are relatively given. There is a bit of a review process that needs to happen to, to tweak it to make sure it fits under the new framework. But effectively, the strategy is relatively the same. There might be some things that drop off or added to it to fit the NDIS. And the operational capacity, the delivery aspect is already there because that's what you've been doing. You're just effectively making sure that delivers the strategy. The last aspect and really the thing that happens once you get into it, once you get into actually running the business is the administration side. Now, it's an aspect that isn't necessarily thought of straight away in not-for-profits because historically, the way a not-for-profit would work, especially where it was grant-funded, was operations, they were there to do good. They're the people who, at the front line, helping those in need with the services that they needed, and their core focus is always about doing good. The administration side, the finance side, Yes, absolutely, they're enabling operations to do good, so they're still good. Um, but their focus was often about uh, making sure the grants were acquitted, making sure people were paid. They didn't really need to know too much about what operations were doing necessarily. As long as the outputs that were being funded by the grants were delivered, theirs was more about making sure the grants were acquitted, funds came in and were 
dispersed appropriately. So sort of back office out of out of thought. NDIS completely changes the relationship between operations and finance or operations and administration and means they need to work a lot closer together. So when we talk about the impact NDIS is having on not-for-profits, sure there's absolutely an operational framework which is changing, but probably the two biggest changes are one, the cultural change that this brings in the organization in terms of the different areas of the businesses needing to work together. And the second one, which is probably more of this, is that the fact that if a not-for-profit wants to get paid, wants money to come into its operation, uh, into its business now, it needs to ensure that what it's delivering through operations fits the NDIS framework and actually gets paid through NDIS. So that's what this diagram is sort of representing, is that these are the three core aspects that you need to look at to effectively have a viable business under the NDIS. To go into the vendor, into the diagram a little bit more, we've also want to show sort of where um, the overlapping of some of these processes has an impact. So the strategy and the operational delivery, that's all about your strategy execution. So those two things coming together is making sure you deliver on your strategy. The administration side with the operational side, those two coming together are now about your client fulfillment. The Previously, administration had nothing to do with client fulfillment, so that's that's new. That's part of where the NDIS world is now. And then also with administration and strategy, that's how a business now is going to be able to measure how they're performing on their strategy under the NDIS because it is a bit more strategic. You do need to stay on top of where things are going because things are moving within the NDIS and things will keep evolving, so you need to be making sure that your strategy is actually going where you wanted it to go. So that's that diagram and a bit of a summary. Now, what I'm going to cover over the next four videos is basically go through the sort of the steps or the things you need to look at in terms of that administration side. So how do you get that administration side up and running? Well, not necessarily up and running, but running effectively for your organization under this NDIS framework and with this new way that you need to run your not-for-profit in this sector. So to do that, we've got, uh, again, a little diagram that we've got that was going to go through the steps. This video, we're going to go through the client journey, which is the first one, and then we've got the other steps. So the client journey is something that um, would be familiar to a lot of people who run a business. It's really what you're doing with the client, um, with any client, however you're selling, whatever you're selling, is you want to understand how the how that customer or that client comes to your business, how they interact with your business, and then how they leave your business, or and potentially how they come back again. So it's about understanding the challenges the client has, and making their journey as seamless and easy as possible, and effectively helping build loyalty to your business so that they want to keep coming back. Now, depending on what services you're selling under NDIS, that it may be an ongoing relationship, or it may be bespoke. It might be. Um, that you do want return clients, there's different aspects to it. But understanding that client journey is actually really important to understand how your business then interacts with that client. So firstly under NDIS, NDIS um, the client's journey starts when they want to register to receive NDIS services. So they need to now, rather than historically, so before NDIS, um, if they were um, 
a client that you could fulfill a need for. Effectively, um, it was a relatively simple process. They could come to your organisation um, because you were grant funded, you could deliver the service if, you, if they fit the criteria and everyone was hopefully better off. Now, with the NDIS and a more structured approach, um, the client needs to make sure they're registered under an NDIS. There's a whole process around that. They need to decide um, who's actually going to be managing the money for the NDIS because under the NDIS the client has to pay so that means the client has to get the money from the NDIS. So understanding that the client has these challenges in terms of they need to understand a whole heap more in terms of process even before they see your organization really helps put in perspective what the, the challenges the client has. Now with the NDIS you want to help make this as easy as possible. So once the client is registered and they, they come to your door, they've already gone through a whole heap of administration to get to this point, hopefully, potentially. Actually is one of the things you need to check. Um, and you need to, if they haven't done that work, you need to have an appreciation of what they need to do. Not because you should do it for them, far from that, but understanding what the client needs to do under NDIS will mean that you'll be able to build your processes as a business to suit and to fit in better with what they need. So it's about meeting the client's needs. So understanding how they do things helps understand the client's needs. Now when they come to your organization or before they come to your organization, you want to be able to, I suppose, capture the information that they're looking for. So this is where potentially, if you don't already have one, a client, a CRM, um, to manage your relationships with your, your clients or your potential clients, understand where they're coming from and understand when they do approach your front door, um, what they need to go through. So now, because you've got a formal relationship, it is a, a bit more of a business transaction that's happening with the NDIS. When you take on a client, there should be an onboarding process. So where you capture that client's information, potentially you have an agreement that you put in place with the client in terms of the services that are gonna be provided. This will allow transparency for the client. They'll understand what you're charging, how much they're able to claim under NDIS, and how that all fits together, what the process will be once they come on board. So it's a very, I suppose, important process, something that not-for-profit sector potentially isn't as familiar with, but that is a, a, a good business process to have in any type of business. The other aspect to understand as the client is approaching you for the first time is that the NDIS is about giving clients the choice. So you should be treating the fact that the client comes to your business, not that you are going to be, they are just by default going to become your client. Potentially, you could be effectively tendering for their work. So they could, under NDIS, be approaching a couple of different organizations that provide similar services and looking to see how that service is going to work. So again, this onboarding process, this client relationship process is important in terms of generating clients for your business, which sounds odd, but if you're wanting to have a viable business, you need to have clients who are willing to use your business. So it's about that client engagement. Client journey is also important during operations and the operational delivery of the services you're providing. I'm not gonna go into that too much detail now. There's some tweaks with that, but generally, most not-for-profits I've seen are good at doing that. They're great at taking care of their clients because that's what they do, they do good. Um, 
So I'm not going to get into that now. The, the next part that happens with client journey that's new on the NDIS is that after you deliver that service, the client journey doesn't end. It actually keeps going for a period of time. The reason why a client journey doesn't end is because now that the client's actually paying for the service, there's a, a payment process to go through. Now, ideally you want to make this as seamless and as quick as possible because one, you want to get paid as quick as possible as an organization, but two, you, you want it as easy for the client as possible. So you, this is where a bit of the re-engineering of your business needs to, to come into effect um, and understanding what's best for the client. So there's things like um, having a portal for your client, is that going to be something? Um, offering credit card payment for your client, is that going to be something you're going to do? Uh, is there a way that you handle complaints for a client? Because obviously sometimes they won't pay you because you haven't provided the service and there's a complaints process. So again, are you going, is there more? Is, you may already have a complaints process, but is there more that you need to put into it? Is there a, um, a debtors process? So there's some other stuff that needs to happen after the process. And this should all get captured somewhere in your organization. This is what leads through to the next steps that we'll cover in, in following weeks. But understanding that extra steps in the process and adding that into the client journey and being aware of that for the client journey before you start any of the systems implementation or redefining roles or what you need to do this is what you need to because the goal for your organization is to deliver to the client that's that's what you're here for so really understanding that whole client journey is really important to the organization the last step in the client journey is quite often when they leave so that shouldn't be disregarded. So there should be an, an offboarding process as well. So if a client leaves, um, depending on, I mean, you may have clients that come and go frequently or maybe a long-term engagement you have with clients. You really want to have an idea of, I suppose, why they leave, um, any feedback they may have. And in some respects, understand whether they could be a client in the future because they, they may want to still keep in touch, they just don't need your services for the next period of time. So there's a whole process there that adds value to the organization. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to go through the processes and changes you need to make in your organization to help ensure that it's viable in the NIS framework, which is both from a process and a procedure point of view, on that admin side especially, but also the cultural aspects that they'll bring in terms of change in the organization. So we're going to step through this and hopefully in discrete packets so you can look at it. Um, if you're interested in obviously seeing this, definitely feel free to subscribe or just stay tuned and each week we'll put another video up working through it. Connect with me on LinkedIn and if you'd like to have more depth conversation, I'm quite happy to do that because it really is quite a challenging time in terms of the NDIS and those organizations affected by it. And ultimately, we all want to survive and be able to continue to do the good that we're doing. And that's what writes us, that's what we're here to help. We'll help you to do good and to continue to add value to society. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from Writesource.